Good morning and welcome to Simply See. It's Monday, February 12th. On today's show, Tritax Big Box and UK Commercial Property agree to merge, creating a £6.3 billion real estate giant. Plus, Shanghai's commercial property landlords face pressure to lower rents. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a look at the commercial real estate market, which according to a recent New York Times article, is facing a slow-burning crisis. The trend of remote work and people exiting the labor force has left many office buildings largely empty, putting banks, which hold a significant portion of America's commercial real estate debt, in a precarious position. Here to discuss this further is James, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Can you tell us more about this situation? Certainly, David. The term commercial real estate is quite broad. It encompasses data centers, multifamily apartment buildings, industrial warehouses, retail shopping centers, hotels, office spaces, and self-storage facilities. Each of these sectors is unique and is impacted differently by the current trends. For instance, Class A office spaces in New York City are still seeing high demand, while Class B and Class C spaces, which are typically older and of lower quality, are experiencing higher vacancy rates. So, is this a systemic crisis for the commercial real estate market? Not exactly. While there are some defaults, they are not at a level that would indicate a systemic crisis. Lenders are often amending and extending terms to avoid a default when a borrower is in trouble. The situation varies greatly depending on the type of commercial real estate and the location. For example, San Francisco's market is in a very different position than Houston, Texas. Also, the impact of interest rates is another factor to consider. What about the impact of the Federal Reserve's tightening on the commercial real estate market? The Fed's tightening will certainly have an impact, but it's too early to predict the aftermath. Some aspects of commercial real estate are doing better than they've ever done, while others are struggling. The laws of supply and demand are also at play. For instance, apartment buildings were flourishing, with rents going up significantly. However, costs have also risen, and there's been overbuilding in certain cities, leading to a glut of new product. Shifting gears a bit, there's been a significant change in global trade. As of last year, Mexico has officially surpassed China as the number one exporter of goods to the United States. What's your take on this trend? This shift has been anticipated for a while, and it's expected to grow even more. A significant amount of the attention at disintermediating China in our supply chain is leading not to Ohio and Arizona, but to Mexico. This is better for national security and maintains the labor cost advantage that China had many years ago. Also, it's cheaper to ship something from Mexico to the United States than from China. Before we wrap up, could you explain the term Forex for our listeners? Absolutely. Forex is shorthand for foreign exchange, particularly the foreign exchange of currency. When people say the dollar is going up or down, it doesn't make sense apart from the exchange. The value of a currency, be it the dollar, yen, or euro, doesn't go up or down apart from its relationship to another currency. Forex is all about the exchange rate between two currencies, and these rates fluctuate based on various market circumstances. Thanks for that great explanation, James. Now shifting our focus to the commercial property sector, 
Tritax Big Box and UK Commercial Property have agreed on a potential merger. If approved by shareholders, this merger would create the fourth largest UK real estate investment trust based on market capitalization. Here to delve into this further is our correspondent, Abby. Can you tell us more about this proposed merger? Certainly, David. Tritax Big Box and UK Commercial Property are both real estate investment trusts. The merger would bring together their logistics-oriented investment portfolios, which both focus on resilient and growing income. The combined entity would have a market capitalization of 3.9 billion pounds and a property portfolio worth 6.3 billion pounds. This size would put it on the brink of entering the FTSE 100. And how would the merger work in terms of share capital? The entire share capital of UK commercial property would be absorbed into Tritax Big Box. The agreed price is 0.444 Tritax Big Box shares per UKCM share. This implies a value of 71.1 per share for UK commercial property, which is a 10.8% premium on its price when the deal was agreed last Friday, and a 23% premium over its six-month average. What has been the market reaction to this announcement? Following the announcement, Tritax Big Box's shares have fallen by 1.5%, while UK Commercial Properties shares have risen by 3.6%. What can you tell us about the portfolios of these two trusts? Tritax Big Box owns a range of Megabox warehouses, with customers including Amazon, Okado, and Argos. On the other hand, UK Commercial Property has fewer large warehouses and also owns hotels, retail parks, and offices. It's not yet clear whether the combined trust will retain these assets if the merger goes through. And what about the shareholders? I understand there was a previous merger attempt that didn't go through. That's correct. Last year, UK Commercial Property attempted to merge with Picton Property Income, but the deal was blocked by Phoenix Life, UK Commercial Property's largest shareholder. Phoenix Life was seen as the linchpin of any potential merger as it held 43% of UK commercial properties shares. However, Tritax Big Box has announced that it has received non-binding letters of intent from both Phoenix and Investec Wealth and Investment UK, which together control 56.5% of UK commercial properties share capital. Thanks for the insights, Abby. In a similar vein of economic developments, commercial property landlords in Shanghai are facing pressure to lower rents to support businesses struggling with weak consumer demand. With nearly all tenants seeking reductions during lease renewals and the launch of 10 new shopping centers in Shanghai's non-CBD areas this year, the market is looking increasingly challenging. Here to delve deeper into this is our correspondent, Celeste. So, Celeste, what's the current situation for these landlords? David, the situation is indeed quite challenging. A senior executive with a major state-owned commercial property developer in Shanghai revealed that almost all tenants are asking for rent reductions during lease renewals. Some have even threatened to close their businesses if rents aren't lowered. For instance, Zhang Yixiang, a restaurant owner in Shanghai's Pudong New Area, has requested a 20% rent cut to keep his noodle shop afloat amid dwindling sales. That sounds like a tough situation for both landlords and tenants. What's causing this weak consumer demand? There are a few factors at play here. Shanghai's economic output expanded by just 5% last year, falling short of the 5.5% goal set by the local government. Retail sales in the city also climbed by only 12.6%.
Additionally, with more consumers turning to online shopping, physical store operators are finding it increasingly difficult to attract customers. They need to adjust their business models to adapt to these changing market conditions. And how are the new shopping centers affecting the market? The new shopping centers are adding to the pressure. According to a report by property services firm JLL, these newly built centers are offering rent discounts to attract clients. This has led to a drop in average rental costs in non-CBD areas. Furthermore, 10 new shopping centers are set to open in Shanghai's non-CBD areas this year, which will likely exacerbate the situation. What measures are being taken to stimulate consumer spending and support these businesses? The local government is organizing various shopping festivals to stimulate consumer spending. Additionally, trends like outdoor sports, traditional Chinese clothing, and trading of secondhand jewelry are currently popular among local consumers, which could boost occupancy rates in shopping centers. However, the rising vacancy rate is forcing landlords to offer significant rent cuts, with some offering discounts of up to 50% to retain existing tenants or attract new ones. Thanks for that report, Celeste. From Shanghai's commercial property landlords, we now turn our attention to the regional banking sector in the U.S., which has been hit hard following the disappointing Q4 2023 earnings from New York Community Bancorp. High vacancy rates, declining rent prices, an excess of supply, and higher interest rates are all factors that are impacting the sector and those who finance them. This has caused the bank's shares to plummet by roughly 50% since January 30, 2024. To discuss this further, we have our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about what led to this drastic sell-off of NYCB? Certainly, David. There are a few key factors that contributed to this sell-off. Firstly, NYCB slashed their dividend by 71% to strengthen their balance sheet. Secondly, Moody's downgraded their credit rating to junk status territory. They also suffered a $260 million surprise loss in Q4 2023, reflecting loan deterioration tied to commercial real estate, specifically offices. The provision for loan losses surged to $552 million, more than 10 times the consensus estimate. Lastly, the bank is now considering selling distressed assets sooner than it may have preferred. So it seems like the problems are largely stemming from a weakening commercial real estate market. What does this mean for NYCB moving forward? Indeed, the commercial real estate market's weakening has caused NYCB to deal with mounting losses. As NYCB absorbed the former NY Signature Bank assets, it grew in size, which requires the bank to have higher capital requirements. They need to put more cash aside. They've also announced the new appointment of Mr. Alessandro Dinello as executive chairman. However, such sudden leadership changes usually do not help confidence and can increase uncertainty. And how is NYCB planning to build capital and reduce its commercial real estate concentration? NYCB's newly appointed executive chairman, Mr. Danello, stated that the company will do what's necessary to build capital, which includes selling assets such as loans. They plan to reduce their commercial real estate concentration as quickly as possible. In his words, if we must shrink, then we will shrink. If we must sell non-strategic assets, then we'll do that. What about the risk shifting that's happening in the banking sector? Banks have been holding back from selling bundles of mortgages to private lenders or hedge funds because many of these long-term loans are underwater since rates surged. However, synthetic securitizations have started to make their way into the U.S. market, 
as banks search for ways to manage their capital constraints. In a synthetic securitization, a bank buys credit protection on a portfolio of loans from an investor. If a loan in the portfolio defaults, the investor reimburses the bank for the losses incurred on loans in that portfolio. So it seems like the risk is just being shifted to a different hand. It doesn't remove it. Exactly, David. The risk is merely being shifted, not removed. And if the underlying loans, particularly commercial real estate, begin defaulting or deteriorating, it could lead to investors shying away. This could affect bank confidence, which is a major issue for banks. If customers begin pulling money out, banks may be forced to sell assets quickly at steep discounts. And what about uninsured deposits? How do they factor into this situation? Uninsured deposits are a significant concern. These are deposits that surpass the $250,000 FDIC insurance limit. As of May 2023, uninsured deposits are around 40% of all deposits, up from only 20% three decades ago. If commercial real estate woes continue, it could lead to individuals pulling their money out of banks, forcing them to sell illiquid loans on the market, likely at steep losses. So, what's the takeaway from all of this? The key takeaway is to be wary of any contagion effects from further issues in commercial real estate. The situation with NYCB could be a one-off, but it could also be a sign of more to come. The commercial real estate debt is souring and banks shifting the risk around may not help. Landlords are facing higher interest rates than they can afford, tenants are cutting their leases, and landlords are struggling to raise rents as overcapacity weighs down margins. This is a situation that we need to keep a close eye on. Indeed, a situation to monitor closely. Thanks for the insights, Bella. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow.